0: Hi, my name is Elie Vignone, coach of the Flyers. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. I'm Matt Nesknecht. Hi, I'm Joel Ferby Hi, this is Rob Clark. You're listening to... And you're listening And you're listening to... And you're listening to... And you're listening to... you're listening to... And you're listening to, you're listening to, uh, to Snow the Goalie. 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 Snow the Goalie.
1: Oh, yes! Oh, my friends! Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears! I do not. Like Mark Anthony, come to bury the Flyers. No, I actually come to praise them. The evil that front offices do live after them. The good is often turd with their bones. So let it be with Chuck Fletcher, on this beautiful Monday, in Ballackinwood as we sit at the six ten ESPN Philadelphia studio, and I am rejoined by the man, the myth, the legend, the other half of the most dynamic duo. In all of Philadelphia Flyers media, <laughs> that is Anthony Sanfilippo. Find him on Twitter at Philly. Anthony, thank you for being here today. Well,
0: thanks for thanks for uh, all the kind words that you gave me over the past couple weeks while I've been uh, laid up ill, and I want to thank Colby Cohen for jumping in last minute uh, last week and filling in for me here on uh, the program. Uh, that was a it was a great episode, by the way. You two uh, you two are good. Thanks, man. You we two were good together, so it was good stuff. Um, but I knew I had to get myself well and be back in time for the show that immediately followed the trade deadline, which what, which uh, happened two hours ago. The d- deadline was two hours ago. Are we
1: sure that there's not a fax machine out there that's malfunctioned, a hanging chat, if you will, of the fax uh, emporium out there? No. I don't, I don't think there's another deal coming across. By the way, it was kind of funny. Um We got into the studio and I got a little bit excited because I said, Anthony, like, what are the odds that something breaks late? There were no indications that the Flyers were working on anything down to the uh, to the final horn. And then the (laughs) Flyers, who uh, earlier today tweeted a response to uh, the NHL account. Let me just want to make sure I pull this up right. They said that um, they predicted that their feed was going to be inundated with plenty of comments questions and they said our mentions are going to blow up about making and not making moves but we're actually just a twitter account and then at the very end uh as other deals were breaking as the deadline was going past the flyers (laughs) tweeted out trade alert we've acquired forward nathan noel from the blackhawks in exchange for defenseman tj brennan yeah noel will report to the reading royals echl now I got excited for a second cuz I didn't read the whole tweet. I just saw a trade alert. So, Anthony was buried in his computer prepping as he does uh, at this time of year for a show that I'm sure he's going to plug at some point. And I got excited. I'm like, "Man, look at this. Last minute trade. What could it be?" And then I read it. And after I had excitedly pointed it out to him, I just kind of kind of fell back in my chair. No,
0: my bit. favorite my favorite response was Ryan's what the, what did Ryan say? That Anthony, he said Anthony he said Anthony's so disinterested by that trade. He, oh, he doesn't even look. he doesn't, doesn't, doesn't even look up at his computer. look up from his yep. computer.
1: <laughs> so this this I have to say is maybe the. Oh, go ahead, Lennox. It said a trade alert. It should have been nerd alert.
0: <laughs> hey guys, there's a trade. Oh wait. Mm. Well, let me tell you
1: about the underlying
0: numbers. Oh, of why
1: Nathan Noel is a fantastic acquisition you know for Flyers it, organization. It's actually
0: an interesting trade for the Flyers. I mean, if nothing else, Nathan Noel is 22 years old. So they're taking a flyer on a guy that say, yeah, you know what? Who knows? Maybe he could be something. I mean, he was a fourth round pick by the Blackhawks in 2016. Um, he was a really you know good player in the queue you know, a few years back when he was in junior hockey. Uh, really hasn't made an impact at the American Hockey League level to this point, but at the same time, he's only played um, 71 games in the past three seasons at the AHL level so you know maybe the Flyers are gonna you know, get him started in Reading and then see maybe he gets a cup of coffee with the Phantoms and you know it's there's nothing wrong with that it's a minor league deal but nevertheless I
1: do want to say though I, I felt like this trade deadline had more going for it than than it did a, a season ago and I feel like you know I, I'm a fan of multiple sports right and so I always get excited at this time of year at least on the NBA side because it always feels like agency hits, things go wild. And then as the deadline comes down, it's it's often a really exciting thing in the NBA. And, and if it has felt like uh, at least going into this trade deadline, maybe the, not all that much was going to happen, especially because there, there are so many teams that in theory are buyers, especially in the Met, because there are so many teams that are, are bunched up that not all of them are going to be able to make the postseason, and it just kind of had the feeling of you know what, like the the prices might get so ridiculous for guys that you're not going to see a bunch of moves, and that all went out the window today, um, especially in in the Metropolitan Division. There are multiple moves made by teams that you know we talked about after the last Flyers win. Um, there were only three points out, or three points behind the Penguins and the Capitals. It was like, well, are they going to do anything to try to boost their They're standing within the conference and, of course, to try to extend that gap between the Flyers, the Islanders, the Hurricanes, the Blue Jackets, and then obviously the Capitals and and the Penguins amongst themselves. Uh, And are we going to see anything from the teams that, the aforementioned teams that were just behind the Flyers in the standings, trying to jump over them and try to solidify their position? Uh, So I wanted to get a couple takeaways from you about the moves that have been made in the division. Of course, Ilya Kovalchuk goes to the Washington Capitals in a deal that, oddly enough, Montreal retains 50% of the salary. It's only going to cost the Caps $76,000, I believe, the rest of the year, which was something they needed Cap help on. The Penguins went out and got Marlowe today. They um, also brought back uh, Connor Sheary. The Penguins went out. And they got
0: Jason Zucker last week.
1: The Islanders go out and get P.J. Peugeot, which was a, a name that came up or in flyer circles. For a first-round pick, and it sounds like he's going first, to, second, and a third. And by the it way. looks like he's going to he resign. Signed. He
0: did six six-year contract.
1: Now, I, I want to get back to that one in a second. Um, of those moves, which one is the most meaningful? I think I have. I think there's one well, the, that stands the, out on its the, own.
0: The, the, the other one, the other team that you didn't mention is in the met that I think probably improved themselves the most today was Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. Um. Carolina went out and got two defensemen, which they needed because. Um, Dougie Hamilton and Brent Pesci are, are both out long-term. Um, they feel like they have a team that can make a run, um, and they do. Uh, they're well-coached, and so they needed to add defensemen uh, to, to really kind of solidify. And so they went out and traded for Sammy Votnin from New Jersey. And then they traded a first-round pick for Brady Shea from the Rangers, um, which doesn't surprise me with the Rangers signing re-signing Chris Kreider uh, to a new deal. Um it, it, there really was, they were going to have a hard time keeping Brady Shea as a top four defenseman um, salary wise. They have a bunch of good young defensemen on you know, com- coming up through their organization. So I thought Shea was the guy that was going to go. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen at the deadline. I kind of thought the Rangers are only four points out of a playoff spot. They would try and make the push now, and maybe Brady Shea goes in the offseason. Um, no, they make the trade now and get a, get a first round pick from Carolina for it. Uh, that's a good trade for the Rangers, in all honesty. Uh, but then Carolina also adds uh, Victor Trochek from Florida, who's a really, really good, good player, player. Yeah. really good player. And so, so like if I look at him and I say, who made the biggest impact to their team in the Met today? I think it was Carolina. I really do. I think that they added three NHL quality players. To their lineup now, granted, two of them were out of necessity because of injury, but nevertheless, they added three really, really good players to their lineup. And they're, they're kind of all they're kind of telling you they're all in, right? I mean, they're they think that they have a team that can make the run, they were in the conference final a year ago. Um, you know, so that I think that's the team that probably made had the biggest impact. Beyond that, <laughs> I kind of like what the Flyers did best, second best, isn't that crazy?
1: I guess it isn't, it isn't. Like, I know that people were disappointed, um on the various Facebook groups in which I frequent and on Twitter, especially as you see names that you recognize, like Marlowe moving yeah. to Pittsburgh. And the and the thought was, all right, well what it cost Pittsburgh, what was it, a third third round
0: pick for Marlowe? It could become a second becomes a second if they win if the Penguins win the Stanley Cup.
1: And what the Flyers traded uh, in a fifth round pick, you there there was that question of like, you know, is is a veteran leader is somebody who's got that name value, although he's forty years old, is that a better way to fill a need here or a, a a need that people thought probably needed to be, you know, solidified in that bottom six, or do you feel like this is a better system fit for the team? And and, and I, I get why people were a little bit upset just name-wise, but maybe when you take a step back and you look at the system, these are better moves for the Flyers. I, I
0: think it's, I think it's um, twofold. I, I think it's not only is it a better system fit for the Flyers – but it's also that there's a difference between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia right now, right? The Penguins are their window's closing, right? They're they're nearing the end here um, with with their veteran guys. They've been in the league now, you know, Crosby and Malkin. They they've been in, in Pittsburgh what 15 years, right? So they're they're nearing the end of that window. Um, so they're Pittsburgh is a kind of a team that's more willing to gamble, you know, on on veteran players that are going to come in and. And just kind of work with what they have and and you know make a difference. The Flyers are just we're just entering that you know window because the, because the Flyers have not been good for so long, right? So this is the beginning of it for the Flyers. So I don't think that the Flyers are looking to make any kind of big you know big splash at the deadline here. I think it's a it's a it's a different approach and adding guys like Nate Thompson, um, and, and Derek Derek Grant, Grant, Derek Grant are are good moves, and you, people are calling them depth moves, and, and I guess in, in some ways they are, but like I, I think that Nate Thompson's going to play in place of Connor Bunneman. And that's not a knock on Bunneman. Bunneman's played fine. But I think when it comes down to it, and you're in the playoffs, and you and you have a face-off in your own end against a really good team, and you need a key draw, and you just had, you know, Giroux was just out. Giroux and Couturier were just on the ice, who were your two best face-off guys. Who's your next best faceoff guy, right? And the Flyers really don't have. I mean, Hayes has been okay, but they've not. They don't have another really good faceoff guy. Well, Nate Thompson wins fifty five percent of his draws. He started starts most of the time in the defensive zone. Most of the draws he takes from has taken in his career, not just with Montreal, but with when he was with LA, when he was with Tampa. He he would always take draws in his own end. Um, and I think that that's kind of an important thing. So I think that you're gonna, I think you're gonna see him. Vino likes rolling four lines, but he didn't, I don't think he feels comfortable in important games having Connor Bunneman taking those big draws, right? With that fourth line. So I think that that's where you're gonna see Thompson fit. The interesting thing is where does Derek Grant fit in this? Now he, Derek, both of them are uh, good penalty killers, and the Flyers have had a, a, a solid penalty kill all year long. So maybe though they both slot in there. But Grant is a little bit more flexible. He can play center, but he can also play wing. I'm, I'm just be curious to see who comes out of the lineup. I mean, I I think it, my first guess is that it's going to be Nikolay Kubel who comes out, um, because it gives the Flyers flexibility. Because if they need to send somebody down, Kubel can go down because he's got you know he he's not he's waiver exempt. Um, and so can Bonhamen. Those two guys can go up and down if need be. Um, although there, you are limited to the number of transact. Well, Faraby can too. Faraby can go down well, as Far- well. Farby is down. And oh, Chuck, did they sent him down. Yeah, did and, you just send and, him down? And, okay. And Chuck
1: Fletcher said of the decision to uh, to send Joel Faraby. All right. Down, well, that he said Joel will stay uh, down for now. That was more my decision. I want to make sure we're giving Joel all the ability uh, to be the player okay. he can be. Well, there you go. He's only 19. He's been a big part of our team. Yeah. But he's uh, going to be an even bigger part of our future. I have no doubt he'll be back with us and help us.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so that makes more sense. So then Kubel will stay in the lineup. I'll bet Kubel will stay in the yeah. lineup.
1: I, I, I like what Nax brought to the table. Well, so, do, so
0: have I. And that's why I was just trying to figure out where it would go. I didn't think that they were going to send Farby down. But, now, but that so certainly makes a lot of sense. And, and it kind of fits, if you recall back when we first talked about when they first um, hired Vigneault, and we talked about his teams that young players sometimes don't get the opportunity, the full the full opportunity that they need. Um, and I think that Vino's it's in a situation now where it's like, you know what, this team can win. And we need to we need to have some veterans in here. And so now you bring in Grant. Um, the curious thing though is who's going to play on that second line? You you going to play Grant with Hayes and me on that wing? No van reamsdyke i wouldn't and then grant goes to the third line with you putting lawton up there i mean that's that's the curious thing
1: yeah i mean it's part of the problem with the acquisitions that you make i mean does the does the team's overall talent increase yeah probably but it's a team that's been rolling i mean it's a team that has absolutely been a true joy to watch it's a team that collectively, as as a unit from top to bottom, from young to old and, and back, has felt like a very cohesive locker room. And the risk that you run with making moves at the deadline is jostling that chemistry. Now, in, in the case of both of these guys, Thompson had noted um, issues in the in the past that that he opened up about. Uh, I mean, that was in, a great in, video
0: if you watch it on, um, I think it was at TSN that did it, or was it... Uh Might have been CBC and Hockey Night in Canada. Either way, it's a great video. You got to just search it. He did a great video talking about his battles with uh, substance abuse. Substance abuse. Yeah. And,
1: And so like, okay, just conceptually, like having a guy like that in the locker room, having a guy who could offer the life experience and the experience of hitting rock bottom in a similar way, like that is good for your young players. And I know a lot of people roll their eyes at the concept of like what a veteran does in the locker room. It's the thing that Colby and I talked about last week on the show. And I saw he was going back and forth with somebody on Twitter today um, about, you know, people don't ever really seem to value that because everybody wants to see, you know, high point producers. And they want to see flashy flashy plays and they don't care as much about what goes on on the human side. Um, but there is something to be said for it. And if having a guy like that in your locker room is something that you think could provide not only maturity and and development and and an improved quality of play on the ice, but then also help to develop your younger players in making better decisions off the ice, then it's it ends up being from a holistic perspective, it's a better thing to do if you're the Flyers. Um, the only, I, I guess, the issue I have here is I liked the idea of having Joel Farabee up here at this point. I think you've seen a kid that away from the ice has has seen an increase in confidence, has felt like he belongs. Um, on ice, you know, there there have been moments where he's had those flashes of of being that really exciting young player. Uh, but he has had times where he's disappeared in games. He's had times where it, it's not an effort thing. It's just he hasn't produced the points that you need him to in the role that he's playing. So him going down isn't a bad thing insofar as You know, it it closing the door on him coming back up and being a contributor even this year. I do think that, like, if he goes down, which he is, and he's blowing the doors off of the competition, then he gets another look up here. And maybe that's what this is. Maybe this is go down to the Phantoms, put together a multi-game point streak, find your confidence finding the back of the net, and then come back up. Morgan Frost on the on like the is kind of like the flip side of that, right? Like he's a guy who got sent down, maybe with some of the same ideas, and and really hadn't in the immediate aftermath of getting sent down put those points up. I get the Phantoms aren't that great right now, but the point still stands. You have to play well above um, the competition if you are to play at this level. So I I'm a little bit bummed for Faraby, but then you also keep in mind he's only 19 years old.
0: Yeah, I I don't have a problem with this. I don't. Um... The fact of the matter is, is that the Flyers, so, all right, let's 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 break this down because, it, you know, apparently if you go back and listen to, um, you know, what was said today after practice, apparently the players went to Vino and said, hey, you know, we want, we think we can do something here if we add a little bit of experience. And so the Flyers went out and did that. They went out and got an experience. But they also were not going to, and smartly so, not going to overpay for anything. Like, if you look at the big names that moved, like, you had to give up something. Like, I, I you know, I, I look at what the Islanders did for Peugeot and gave up a first, a second, and a third. Now, granted, they had worked out a new agreement with the guy, gave him a six-year contract, worth $5 million a year. Great. Okay, whatever. But at the same time, they gave up three draft picks for – a guy that's a third line player, in all honesty, good player, but he's a third line player. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning, um, trade a first round pick to San Jose for Barkley Goudreau, who I think he's young, not Johnny Goudreau, not a uh, different spelling, by the way. Um, but different spelling, and I mean, different, uh, but, but I mean, decent player, but. You know, is he worth a first-round pick? I don't know. But that's what Tampa decided to do to add to their team. Um, you know, Carolina trades a, a one and a two. Um, you know, you're trading away, like, really important assets at the deadline. And I'm not certain that any player that got moved today is going to be that impactful for their new team. Like, who? Do, who's... Who's the most impactful player that got traded today, and what is that impact? Like, I I don't see like anyone coming in and saw, like Edmonton made a lot of moves too. I mean, they traded for like a ton of players, uh, Ennis and uh, Athanasiu and Mike, Mike Green. Green. Um, so I mean, but you know, so they added a bunch. You know, if you play Athanasiu with um, Connor McDavid, that might be the fastest line in in the history of hockey, but fantasy who's also not a very good defensive player I mean he plays on one end of the ice and one end of the ice only so like I, I I don't know I mean like who who makes the most impact and and is it is it measurable by giving up a lot of your future I don't see it and so a lot of to, to me this is a this is a situation where if the trade deadline is you know not offering you a lot you take what you can get at value. And I think that the Flyers did a really nice job taking what they could at value. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a
1: combined total cap hit of $1.7 $1.7 million,
0: $1. 7 million dollar cap hit on two players who are veterans, and you gave up a fourth-round pick this year, which they had an extra one because they had Nashville's fourth-rounder. I'm not sure which one they gave up in the deal, if it was their own or if they gave up Nashville's. Um, and a fifth-round pick next year. I mean there're two lottery tickets right for for the other teams and you get some veteran players who come in and you know are good character guys who are going to play you know they know their role and they're going to play it. Um have a little bit of sandpaper to them. I mean, especially Grant Grant's a Grant's a little bit of a nasty player. I mean uh, you know people in Philadelphia that have don't have an opportunity to really watch Derek Grant play because he plays for Anaheim so you see him like what twice a year. But the fact of the matter is, is the guy's got a little bit of grit, a little little bit of, you know, a little bit of tood which I like.
1: You like a little bit of grit, a yeah, bit of You effect.
0: need it at this time of year. The one thing about I'll tell you about Boston last year in the you know in the Stanley Cup Finals, they got pushed around by St. Louis, mm-hmm. you know. And and if you try, you know, I think Boston's model on how to put a team together is is right in the in some sense, but at the same time, you know, they kind of lost track of the fact that they needed a little. They needed to, you need to play a certain kind of hockey in the playoffs. It ramps up physically and you need a little bit of that. And they didn't have it last year. And I think that the Flyers just added it. So I look at and that's why I I ranked them second in the in the in the division behind Carolina as most impactful and best trade deadline because they didn't give up anything for these guys. It's it's a, it's the Flyers had a good day today. And I know that you know there are people saying that it doesn't move the needle you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't, I'll tell you what, the way this Flyers team plays, the way Vigneault has this team playing, these two players will have a greater impact than Patrick Marleau will have in Pittsburgh, than Ilya Kovalchuk will have in Washington. Um, uh, then uh, who else in the division made a move? The Pajot. Pajot to the Islanders. And, you know, um, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't. I don't see it being any. I. I literally think that the flyers, the flyers might have done better than most teams. I really have to. I have to look at. Really think about the West too, and, and the trades that went on out there. But like, I think that for what the team is, I think they did the right thing today. And and, and look, I'm you know me. I'm no defender of this, uh, you know, of this team and the mm-hmm. way they do things. I've been overly critical at times about the flyers. I look at this and say they did it right. Chuck Fletcher deserves a lot of credit for for the way he put this together. You know, finding finding the kinds of players that you need to make a playoff push and to make a playoff run. So, you know, that's how I look at it, Russ. Anthony, I've I've got breaking news. It's really not breaking at this point.
1: You've been listening to the show for a while, you know. You know what the must the must download, the must go to The number one...
0: The must-go-to?
1: The must-go-to, yeah. I'm combining things. That's how excited I am about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Listen, DraftKings Sportsbook, everybody knew about them because of Daily Fantasy, but they are now the number one leader in these United States of America. They are the number one sportsbook. I love them. I really do. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. All you have to do, download the top DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use our promo code Crossing Broad, and you can get in on an amazing deposit bonus. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe and secure. They're based here in the U.S. so that you know your money is safe and secure. It's not an offshore kind of operation where you feel shady. Placing your bets, you feel even shadier trying to get your money out. Nay Nay. They're based right here in the U.S.A. Nay Nay is back. Nay Nay. <laughs> you haven't done Nay Nay in a nay, while. Nay Nay. Plus, they're offering the best sign-up offer to date right now, and you won't want to miss it. Get this, Anthony. Mm. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use our promo code CROSSINGBROAD when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Think about that, 1000 That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Don't forget promo code CROSSINGBROAD, and when you sign up, Take advantage of that great sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only. In partnership with Meadows, Racetrack, and Casino. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25-time playthroughs. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details.
0: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Successful San Filippo. Well, I didn't pick last week because I wasn't here.
1: Anthony San pneumonia.
0: Yeah. The I return. I didn't pick last week, so I'm still 15 and 13 um on the year picking games I'll uh, give you two picks as uh has been custom uh one for the listening audience and one for uh who are listening live and one for those of you who pick us up on the podcast which will be uh usually on Tuesday so I'll give you a game on Monday night and a game on Tuesday night so the Monday night game there is only one game tonight in the NHL uh it's the Ottawa Senators at the Columbus Blue Jackets um Columbus been struggling Ross really really not you know they've got a bunch of injuries, guys out of the lineup. Um, they were in on a fantasy you today, didn't didn't get that done. There was a report uh, originally that they were going to make that deal, and then he ended up going to Edmonton instead. Um, so Columbus didn't have a great day um, trade wise. Although they did they did add somebody. Who did they add? I forget who Columbus added now. Yeah. Oh, they got um, uh, who did they get? Oh. This is really good radio when you do this. Devin Shore is who they got. Yeah, it wasn't anything special. Um anyway, that said, Ottawa has nothing left. I mean, they're kind of depleted um and they're probably they're playing a couple of minor leaguers tonight uh in the lineup. Columbus needs the win to get off the schneid a little bit. I mean, they've been they've been able to hang around because they've lost a bunch of games in overtime and shootout recently, but um I think 6 of their last 12 they've lost in overtime or shootout. I think the Blue Jackets win that game tonight at home, so I'll take uh, I'll take Columbus in that one. And then tomorrow, I'll tell you another team that that lost the lost today. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Not only did they lose today, they lost the weekend because they lost a game to a 42-year-old Zamboni driver. We got to talk about that, by the way. Um the, the Toronto Maple Leafs are a, a train wreck they are a poorly put together team um by a general manager who is concentrating 100 on analytics and not really putting the team together the right way oh and thank you. the maple leafs are, are are a disaster they're gonna have to fix that team in the off season and they're gonna have to give up they're gonna have to give up uh, some talent some real talent to fix their defense because their defense is a mess um they go into tampa tomorrow night Having done nothing of of note at the deadline, Tampa is, you know, they've been playing the best hockey of any team in in the league. I'll take the Lightning at home against the Moribund Leafs tomorrow night. So Columbus tonight, for those of you listening live, and uh, Tampa tomorrow for the entire audience. See, I like the picks. Thanks. I like the picks just because you do two of them. I I think it's even better. Appreciate it.
1: I think it's good because it's nice yeah. to our friends who listen live. Yeah, and then, of course, for the podcast real. community, who we love so much as well. Don't forget, you can, of course, find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever else you get your podcasts. As you can with all the shows on the Crossing Broad Podcast Network, by the way. Yeah. Including, I don't know, is now, that, now it's getting a little bit warmer outside. Does that mean they crossed up? Is gonna be coming back with you and Bob Wankel. I I hope. I so. think that's uh I, Bob, that's gonna be a thing. It'll be very exciting. Got to pull Bob out of his uh his gambling hellhole. Yeah,
0: that's the problem. I mean, Bob's Bob's uh all you know big bets all the time. Big bet, Bob, just constantly
1: writing about the uh, betting trends out there in sports. That's
0: funny, like anytime anytime something like comes to mind, baseball wise, I text Bob and I get like a one word response from him. <laughs> like he's so he's so in the weeds. With that game with the gambling stuff that I never I don't even get a a good response from him on baseball anymore. I miss it. Miss Bob. I could talk baseball
1: with you, pal. It'll actually it'll be the first time ever that you'll be the smarter one on a given
0: topic. No, I'd rather I'd rather talk baseball with Kincaid. Wow. We can start that now if you want. (laughs) Crossed up starts now. (laughs) Out of here, Ross.
1: (laughs) Are you supposed to contribute to the conversation? I'm genuinely I'm genuinely confused. All right, let's get into some of the people that did not move at the deadline. Okay. And of course, like, who's the number one guy that the name has been around for over a year now of being somebody that has kind of fallen out of favor in Philadelphia and is a guy who has yeah. had a hard time staying healthy, all
0: that jazz? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I mean, so you're talking about Shane Gosses Bear. I mean, I. I thought that there was a real chance that he wasn't going to be traded because the Flyers need a, an NHL caliber seventh defenseman um, if they're going to make if they're going to make a run at the playoffs and 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 hope to go long because you know if somebody because somebody's going to get hurt probably or dinged up or something and I'm okay with Mark Friedman being my eighth guy but I'm not certain that I'm okay with Mark Friedman being a guy who's number seven and and comes into the lineup for a playoff push. I'd rather have Gostas Bear. That said, I thought that the Flyers were going to be the team that was able to work out something with Zach Bogosian after he was released from his contract by Buffalo for not reporting to Rochester. Tampa beat them to it. Tampa got... Bogosian for a $1.3, 1.3 million cap hit, um, which the Flyers, obviously, if they were going to make these two moves, they weren't going to be able to afford. Um, and so that was the one where I thought, okay, if once I saw that, that was like the first thing that happened this morning, or one of the first things that happened this morning, um, Tampa getting Bogosian. And at that point, I was like, there's no way Gostas Bear moves. None whatsoever. Uh, because they need they need a veteran defenseman. And that's all there is to it. And they're not gonna, they're not gonna rock the boat enough so much that, you know, they're gonna try and trade him and then tr- trade for another guy to come in and be number seven. Like they're not gonna do all of that. Um. So. So yeah. So like, I think that that's, uh, you know, he's gonna be number seven for now. But I think there's there's a chance that he gets back into the into the six. Russ I think it's very possible now they're not as good with him in the lineup as they are with him out of it I mean there's there's no doubt about that I mean the 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 Flyers have a a significantly better record um they're 15 4 and 2 in 21 games without Bear. and they're 20 16 and 5 in 41 games with him now it's a big difference in number of games but think about that points percentage I mean, they got points in seventeen of twenty-one without him, and only twenty-five of forty-one with him. I mean, I you know, it says a little bit of something. So I don't know. I, I you know th- what it says, Anthony. It says that you have an agenda, is what it says. No, I think I think he's an NHL caliber defenseman. I really do. I think he's a good def- good enough defenseman to play in the league in a top six role. I don't think he's. I don't think he stinks. By any stretch of the imagination, but right now with this collection of flyers, I, I don't I don't see how he fits as well. That's all. I just think that it, this is a fit thing with this with this coach and this team, and that's why they went out and traded for guys like Nate Thompson and Derek Grant because they are fits. They weren't the most flashy names. They were fits. I I, I don't think Gustus Bear fits this system, as well as any of the other six defensemen. That's why I think he's number seven right now. But I I don't think that he's not an NHL-caliber defenseman. There was a a quote
1: that came out um, from GM Chuck Fletcher. Let me just pull it up because, of course, I got tagged in it because everybody thinks that we personally despise Shane Goss' No, yeah,
0: Well, they can think whatever they want
1: um chuck fletcher this is from uh, dave isaac for transcribing thank you uh chuck fletcher on shane gossespierre i wouldn't say i'm always on social media but i'm amazed at how often i'm trading him i like shane we certainly or we were certainly not looking to move him teams called me on him nothing really makes sense right now to move on uh to move one of our 7d now people read that and they were like oh see now he's he is a cornerstone part of this franchise and like I read that and and the way that I read it now admittedly maybe a little bit skeptical I say Hi, my name's Chuck Fletcher. I had other GMs calling me offering me pennies on the dollar for a guy who in theory could go out and rebuild his reputation a, 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 you know within the league could start to live up to some of that hype, could start to show some of those flashes of potential that people often like to go back to in his rookie in third season in league. And maybe that kind of rehabilitates his image. And then that allows me to either have a more confident player going into 2020, 2021, or it means that he's a more valuable asset in the off season. Like that's how I read it. And in fairness, if I had removed Shane Goss and I put in say, Travis Sanheim, the same thing still stands. If I remove Shane Goss's and put in Phil Myers, the same thing still stands. If I remove the name Shane Bear and place it with Justin Braun, it still stands. If I replace hell, if I replace this with any of the forwards that are a part of this team going forward, all right, here you go. We were certainly not looking to move Travis Konechny. Teams <laughs> called me on him. <laughs> Nothing really makes sense right now to move on from one of our young forwards. Right? Am I nuts? No, you're not nuts. You're right on. I mean, it's it's about as what do people think he's going to say? Now, look again. This is my, you know, admitted skepticism here. But like, think, it's just as easy to say, "What did you think he was going to say?" Ah, uh, you know what? There was a lot of interest in, in Shane. We're disappointed with his play, and I, and we hope that he doesn't suck. I think he said these m- last few games. You I think I, mean? I like, think
0: he said more than you think he said too, though, Russ. I mean, I, I agree with you. I I don't think I think your impression of it is pretty spot on. But when he says teams called me on him. There were discussions. There were trade discussions about the guy. And, and it's not just coming out of the blue. It's not like teams – I mean, look, yes, sometimes a team will call you up as a GM and say, hey, would you be interested – would you potentially move this guy and if we did this? I mean, certainly that's, that's something, you know, a team reaches out to you about it. But when he says teams called me about it, it's because they knew – that the Flyers might potentially move him yep. if the situation was right. I mean, that's the communication that goes on all season long between general managers. Yep. is not It's not like the GMs just, you know, they're, they don't talk to each other all year and then finally, you know, the week before the trade deadline, they all start talking to each other for that those seven days and that's it. These guys have been communicating, emailing, texting, whatever, since they do it 12 months a year. They talk to each other about putting – and sometimes, I mean, I remember talking to – um when Paul Holmgren um was general manager, when first was general manager, and they ended up making the, the Richards and Carter trades. Like, like the the Carter trade that he made with Columbus was actually discussed like months earlier. And the Flyers completely decided, no, we're not doing it. But the exact the the trade as it went down, the exact trade as it went down, which was Voracek and the first round draft pick that became Couturier for Jeff Carter was discussed Columbus presented it to, to Holmgren and they said no they shot it down but yet months later the same exact trade nothing changed except the fact that the Flyers wanted to reshape their the look of their team yeah. and how to move Richards and Carter and that trade and the trade goes down for the same thing that was discussed months earlier yeah now I'm certain that when it first came up, that the Flyers weren't the ones; they weren't calling Columbus, saying, "Hey, we're dangling Jeff Carter. What do you think?" I'm sure that was Columbus reaching out to them and saying, "Hey, would you ever consider moving Carter? Here's what we would, you know, be willing to offer." And then maybe when the Flyers eventually got around to saying, "You know what? Now's the time to do this," they reach back out to Columbus and say, "Hey, you still interested?" Kind of thing. And that, that's how it takes place. Sometimes trades come together in a couple hours. It happens. You know, some, but sometimes they take forever. So there's no, there's no doubt. Like it's not like <laughs> Chuck Fletcher was never talking to teams about trading Shane Gosses Bear. He absolutely was. He has been for since last year's trade deadline. I mean, it was he there was w- a,
1: there was a certain team out west that was interested in him a year ago, and I think there was some again this year. I think the one trade that I think I I. I put out there on Twitter this morning that I thought was a thing that could have happened was that Mike green deal with Edmonton because, and and I think if things had gone differently here, the last few weeks, a name that could have gone to Edmonton instead of Mike green could have been Justin Braun who's out of contract at the end of the year who represents a right-handed defenseman, a guy that has been reliable all season long. But you saw the way that Braun and Haig have played so well together, and you, you, you combine that with how Travis Sanheim and, and Phil Myers have done as a second pair, you, you can't do anything to make that kind of a move. And if they wanted an offensive-minded defenseman like Gostas Bear would have been a guy that theoretically Edmonton could have looked for. Oh, by the way, you and I had looked at the scout lists the last few weeks. Edmonton, for two and a half weeks, had a at least one scout, and in some instances two scouts, at every Flyers game for two and a half weeks. And it wasn't like it was just two Eastern Conference teams going head-to-head. There were games that there was a Western Conference opponent as well. You're not going to fly all the way across the country to go and and scout another Western Conference player. So I, I thought that Edmonton and could have ended up being a, a, a dance partner here with Chuck Fletcher. It, it didn't work out. And the second the Mike Green deal went went live, what was it, just uh, was 2 a.m., I think, that to me just kind of said there isn't going to be any kind of a, a
0: real shakeup uh, of any kind here for the Flyers. No, and and again, they need a seventh defenseman that's NHL caliber, NHL ready. I mean, that's you need it for the playoffs. It's a it's it's a mandate almost. It's very you know I know Colby was talking about the year that that Boston won the Cup that the same six guys played all twenty four playoff games. That's rare. That's very very rare. That that happens, and I think he said that. I think he even said that it was rare. Um, you need a seventh defenseman. Sometimes you need an eighth. Sometimes you need a ninth. Flyers in two thousand four didn't have them. and then Sammy Kapanen ended up playing defense because they had no more defensemen. They couldn't. They had minor league defensemen that they trusted less than Sammy Kapanen playing out of position in the Eastern Conference Finals. See what I'm saying? So like, like that's that's how important it is to have that player, and so that's why the flyers were never going to move Gostas Bear unless they were able to get an nhl caliber defenseman as part of a trade or were sign Bogosian, which they couldn't do because tampa you know overpaid him a little bit and that and that was the difference and so you know it was never really a possibility and i think chuck i think that's kind of what chuck was indicating there that doesn't mean it won't happen but it was it was what it was so we should take another break here, Russ. We've got one more to do. Uh, and then when we come back, we can uh, wrap up trade deadline day.
1: And, and let's uh, talk about the Flyers. And look
0: ahead. Let's talk about this Flyers team. On
1: We want to thank our friends over at Odd Logic Brewing Company, located at 500 Bristol Pike in Bristol, PA. Odd Logic Brewing Company is a must-attend venue. You like that, Anthony? I almost went with like a, a double combo there.
0: Y- your your command of the English language today is superior to anyone I've heard and I can't tell you how long.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much. My Spanish was weird today. My English is weird today. Just a weird kind of day. Mm. I th- Lennox back there saying, my face is weird. At least say it in the mic, coward. Mm. <laughs> Odd Logic Brewing Company, they've got something for everyone. Fantastic variety on tap at all times. Remember the Titans, their cream ale, No Ideas Original, uh, a double IPA, A Look Within, a 6.2% Saison. Maybe you like all puns intended, a 7% American IPA. My favorite, Hooligan Factory, a 6% American Brown Ale. Listen, they've got a great variety on tap. But beyond that, they also have handcrafted, handcrafted cocktails. Say that three times fast. Always available. Plus, they've got Nitro Cold Brew Coffee on tap, At all times. So maybe you need that little bit of a pick-me-up. You spend the whole day out there at Odd Logic Brewing Company. You hit whatever food truck they've got going on that weekend. And you need a little bit of coffee to just lead you through. You're there for lunch. You want to get there through dinner. You want to stay through the game. Got the cold brew coffee available on Nitro. So big thank you, as always, to our friends over at Odd Logic Brewing Company. Give them a look. 500 Bristol Pike in Bristol, PA. Get out there. Do they have their schedule for the weekend up? I did not see anything about stuffed buns. I know Bummer. that's I know that's the food truck that you want to see out there. I, I, I,
0: you talked about it like eight times, and every time I say I'm going to do it, something happens, and I can't be there.
1: I'm looking to see what's out there this weekend. I don't see it on their Facebook page. We'll have an update later this week. All right, Anthony. Yeah. So the Flyers, they're a team. They play hockey. We like them. We didn't even talk about the fact that the Flyers in the last week, since we sat here last Monday, won back-to-back games against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I wasn't here last Monday. We, meaning me, you <laughs> in spirit, Colby Cohen in studio, me and Lennox. Since a week ago, the Flyers won back-to-back games over the Columbus Blue Jackets. They swept the season series for the first time in history. Oh, and by the way, they went out and, and beat a Winnipeg Jets team at home 4-2. Yep. Flyers, as it currently stands are third in the Met on 77 points, just three points back of the Penguins, five points behind the Washington Capitals for the lead in the division. They're only one point ahead of the Islanders and just three points ahead of the, the Hurricanes and the Blue Jackets. Now, I will say the, they have a game in hand on the Blue Jackets, and it does look like the Blue Jackets. Finally, the injuries are piling up, and it looks like they might be the one
0: team that starts to falter here down the stretch. Except but, it's, it's crazy. They keep getting points. They do. They got. They literally. Uh, they have six overtime losses in their last twelve games. Uh, so they've lost nine out of twelve, but they have twelve points in twelve games.
1: Again, it's part of the problem with the <laughs> point structure
0: that the NHL employs. Yeah, twelve points in twelve games, which is five hundred. Yep. Points percentage, but they're three and nine. Anthony, remind the people how many points is a win worth? Two.
1: How many points is a regulation loss worth? Zero. How many points do you get if you lose in overtime? One. Should an overtime loss represent half the value of a win? No. I don't think so either. I think at some point the NHL has to look to move to a go
0: go a little bit of soccer style here. Go three points I'm, for a win. I'm actually okay with that. One point for the overtime. No, loss. I'm I'm okay with that. And and but I would, I I honestly wouldn't. Listen, I wouldn't diminish a win in overtime. Like, to me, overtime is still hockey. I would diminish the win in a shootout. So, like, to me, I would I would go three points for a win, regulation or overtime. Like, I don't think you should get a point just because the game's tied. Like, in, if, if the game's tied in baseball and goes to extra innings, do you get a half a win? If the game's tied and you go to overtime in basketball or football, do you get a half a win? Like you don't. You have to win the game. If you lose the game but win the expected goals difference, so, do you get half a win? Right. No? Okay. So my my point is is that regulation or overtime should be worth exactly the same thing. If you go to a shootout and you want to take a point away, you can make it a two and a one. I'm okay with that. Meh. Why? I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying no, that I, I would go I to get, a three point win. Yeah. But I mean, why give a point for an over for overtime? Yay, we made it. To, we were tied. So we got well, think think to get to the problem. A like, look, at, look at the participation Blues. trophy.
1: Exactly. So let, let's just go by wins and losses, right? The Hurricanes right now are 35 and 26 if you combine losses and overtime slash shootout losses. Yes. The Flyers right now are 35 and 27. The Islanders are yeah, th- so in 35 other words, and 27. In other words, Carolina meanwhile, should be ahead of the Flyers and they're not. Meanwhile, the Blue Jackets are 30, 19, and 14. They are thirty and thirty-three. They have lost thirty-three games. Yes. And yet they're only three points behind the Flyers in the Met. That's BS, man. It's
0: straight up nonsense. How about what's even worse is they're tied with Carolina, who's thirty five and twenty seven. Carolina's nine games over five hundred. And they're tied in points with Columbus, who is three games under five hundred. That's why it's a problem. Right. That's that's the mo- that's the greatest disparity right there. Right? I mean that's I don't know. By the way, uh
1: only one team in the Western Conference, it's the St. Louis Blues, have double digit overtime losses. Overall, they're thirty six and twenty seven. Yeah. The, uh the Bruins, the Bruins, have yeah, have, have double digits. They've got twelve overtime losses. They're thirty nine and twenty four. Most of combined. them, by
0: the way, most of them are shootout losses.
1: And uh they're terrible in the, the shootout. The Senators are twenty one and forty one. But yet they have 53 points because they have 11 overtime losses. It's a silly system, and I think if you combine the point system and the way that the that the playoffs and playoff positioning is determined in the NHL, this season might speak to the need to change the playoff structure more than any other season. And I know that we've talked about for weeks that well, if, I, I if you if you're knocking on the door of 100 points and then you still miss the playoffs, that's a nonsensical.
0: Yeah, I think setup. I'm not certain that they're gonna ever. Well, I don't want to say ever, but anytime soon they're going to change the value of a win. But I do think that they may change the playoff format structure, like how team which teams get in and how they get in. I, I really do believe that there's enough discord with amongst owners. Um, to to say you know what we don't like this anymore let's go back to what we used to do and i think that's what's going i think it's going to be eight teams in the conference by 20 20 21 22 season two years from now i'd like it a lot better well it is better i mean it still stinks because you're still going to have these situations where you have teams with these records that you know are hanging in playoff races that have no business being in playoff races but at the very least, they're going to take the eight best teams in the conference as yep. opposed to the stupid three, three, two, two, three, three, and two, and yep. one can switch divisions. That nonsense. Maybe is we could just
1: expand the uh, playoff field to the entire league. Regular seasons don't matter. It's like, whose line is it anyway? <laughs> the rules are made up and the points don't matter.
0: Yeah. Anyway, right,
1: let's look ahead at the week ahead.
0: Oh, well, there's three games in the week ahead. Um,
1: and by the way, the month of March, there are eight games in March. You and I are going to be busy. Eight, eight games, eight, 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 eight games home at home, games. eight home games yes. in the
0: month of March. We're going to be busy. There's as you know there's what. eight home games and seven road games in March. Fifteen, yep. 15 games in March. It's Nuts. crazy. Yeah. So this week,
1: Flyers uh, Tuesday night take on the San Jose Sharks. Who stink. On Friday they host the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday it's a home and home. They play uh, at New York. At New York on March first, which yeah. is Sunday. Yeah, twelve o'clock game.
0: Well, I'll I'll go first this week. Usually, I let you go first. Um, I'll take the shark, uh, the Flyers to beat the Sharks on Tuesday. I think the Sharks are terrible. Um, Flyers are a good home team. Um, I like. I think they. I think it's an easy win. The Rangers two games. I'm gonna split them. Um, I think the Ranger the Rangers are playing really good hockey right now, and I've been I've been on their bandwagon for a while. I've Been telling people, even though they've been in seventh place. For much of the season that they are a really good young team and and they're they're coming in in the right direction and and they're going to be they're going to be a tough team to play against and I I really like I think that I think the Flyers will win one of those games and I think that the Flyers win will be either an overtime or shootout win and I think the Rangers will win one of those games so I'll take two two uh, two and one in the next three for the Flyers
1: all right I'll take it Flyers go three and oh (laughs) that's where I'm at teams hot
0: Never gonna team, lose they're never gonna lose again, according to team,
1: Russ. Team team believes in one another. Um, I want to get to something really quickly because uh we've got we've got five star reviews that oh, we yeah. gotta get to. Okay. Um and I don't think we read either of these on the show. If we did, whatever. We'll do it again. Uh Van Horn S fifty seven says, "Fan since Jerry Meehan's eighty foot dagger.
0: Wow. Do you know what that is, by the way? Nope.
1: In a market where sports journalism has been both devalued and deconstructed, this podcast has become an essential source for serious fans. Snow the Goalie is the go-to source for objective flyers and NHL news in the Philadelphia area. I could listen to it every day of the year. Thank you. By the way, I think because we're getting down the stretch here, you and I might have to start doing a podcast exclusive later in the week. Uh, The other one, David2522 says, Snow the Goalie, five stars. Great podcast, always a fun listen, always like the interviews the best, can do without the callers. Big thank you to Ryan Lennox on the other side of the glass. We'll be back again next week. Don't forget to check us out on the Press Row Show over on all the Crossing Broad accounts.
0: It's going to be a great week. You know, By the way, uh, Jerry Meehan, 80-foot shot. Yeah, It's the Flyers only needed a tie to make the playoffs, 71-72 or 72-73, one of those years. Seventy-one, seventy-two, Um, And uh, he scored a goal with four seconds ago on the Flyers. All they needed to do was have a tie. Four seconds left to play. His shot was from 80 feet away. Went into the net. Flyers lose and miss the playoffs. And on that positive note, we'll be
1: back next week. Snow the goalie here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia.